Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast for animationforadults.com. And hey, my name is Rachel Ward. Joining me today, we have the original podcast crew that is including Chris, my co-editor. What's up? Hello. What's up, Rachel? Hey. Happy 2020. I know it's late, but it's it's still the first one of the show, uh, one of the year, so we can still say it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. This is the first half of year. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Also joining us is Dan. Hello. Hey. And last but certainly not least, the lovely Yvonne. Hello, it's actually uh, palindrome day today. <laughs> it is palindrome day, oh crap, yes. <laughs> Don't know when this is gonna come out, it's probably about a couple days after this, but yeah, we're recording this on uh, the February, February 2nd, which is uh, oh, Groundhog two, oh, Day. Two, two, oh, two, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is palindrome day, I'm sorry. Whenever I think of palindrome, I just what think of Monty Python. <laughs> What's that? What did punks Puxatani Phyllisy. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, he did not see his shadow, so we what? are going to be in for oh. early spring this year. Oh, great! It's Groundhog Day. I should yes, know that. I should know that because when I logged on to the Now TV streaming service earlier, they, they, it was it was well played. They had uh, like in the they have highlight films up at the top, like, mm-hmm. and it was um it was Groundhog Day, and then Groundhog Day. <laughs> A groundhog day. I see what you did there. (laughs) Yeah, this is our first podcast for 2020, as Yvonne stated, our palindrome day, um, which is awesome. So we weren't entirely sure exactly what we wanted to have our first episode be about, but then we just realized, oh yeah, the Annie's were a thing that happened. So let's talk about that a little bit and then kind of catch up from the winter break because a lot of stuff has uh, come out and, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, projects that are in the works or projects that are just coming out. I know the uh, winter anime season is in full swing, so there's stuff there too. So there's always, in the animation community, there's always really something to talk about because if something isn't already out, it's probably been announced or some such. So really excited to kind of dig into some of the stuff. I know I've had a chance to recently see or catch up on, especially in regards to the Annie's because I, uh, today was kind of like a catch up. I unfortunately did not catch the ceremony itself, I'm, I'm afraid, but I was able to follow up with, uh, you know, some of the list of the award winners and nominees and kind of, kind of get caught up on some of the stuff that, uh, that was released. And it was, it was a fun way to spend my Sunday morning, just kind of basically sitting down with my cat on my lap and just watching animation. It was a rad, rad way to start the day. <laughs> Cat Stevens. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> and believe it or not, I'm not the first one to make that joke. I love that. Love that so much. Thank you, Rebecca Sugar and Steven Universe. <laughs> they were the first to. I will credit them to be the first to make that joke. 
But anyways, um, so yeah, any awards worth thing that happened, and we had a wonder, uh, basically celebrating a lot of the stuff that came out in 2019. And if you want another look back on what happened in 2019, I'll make sure to leave the link here. Uh, one of our very own Chris Perkins did a wonderful video um, video uh, recap of some of the stuff that came out last year, which is super duper cool. And I want to make sure that you all, everyone who has not a chance to see it, to get a chance to see it. Um, but yeah, 2019 was bonkers. <laughs> it's For like a better way. word, bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, especially with now kind of taking a look back at it and how that's reflecting in the award season this year, it's it's really fascinating to see all the different uh, bits of animation that are getting the atten attention right now. Um, I know uh, particularly Netflix has uh, pretty cleaned up I think as far as the Annie Awards are concerned, a lot of the uh, bigger awards um, went to Klaus, as well as a few other of the uh, Netflix originals, which uh, would go over. Chris, um, since you were the one who composed the uh, piece on what the, who the award winners were, would you go over some of who, who else were some of the winners? Yeah, as you said, uh, Netflix were the big winner, and they won 19 awards overall. Blimey. Which is a bit of a turnaround because um, everyone, you know, for years people have been like, oh, Annie's are dominated by Disney, animate <laughs> every time they dominate Disney. All that they And they did have, you know, they were basically up for loads and loads of nominations as well. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it turned out that it was Netflix who cleaned up. Um, and, yeah, Klaus was the, was... The biggest winner. It won all seven awards it was nominated for, uh, including, awesome. including best feature, uh, best direction, best character design. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, best feature independent went to I Lost My Body, which is not made by Netflix, but it was uh, distributed by Netflix outside of France and Benelux. Um, and uh, Love, Death and Robots took home four awards. Yeah, for each, I think, different episodes. Yeah, um, and Carmen saying the A12. Yes. And there were also wins for Netflix series Ask the Storybots, Bojack Horseman, which won uh, like best general audience thing. And in a bit of a consolation prize, Tuca and Bertie won an award for uh, writing. Uh, consolation prize. Well, being cancelled. Being cancelled after one season. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it deserved that award, and it wasn't yeah. a pity, a pity uh, vote. Yeah, um, <laughs> Frozen Two was uh, jointly nominated for the most number of films with was was it Missing Link, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it only took home two. It was nominated for eight. Um, it. It only mm. got uh, voice acting for Josh Gad, if you insist. Um, <laughs> effects. Uh, well, effects, I, and I can attest this because I did, you know, I did see Frozen Two, and I actually did enjoy it better than the first film. Um, the effects are definitely the star of the film, outside of the actual stars in the film. Uh, as terms of like someone who really enjoys just animation, I love that every single time that there was a lot of effects work going on with like the different elements and stuff that was just, my jaw was on the floor. So that, that award is definitely well-deserved. 
by Frozen. Though I, I'm glad that it wasn't as easy of a cakewalk for them this year. Right. I thought the effects of Missing Link were pretty good. Yeah, and they Toy, were. And Toy Story 4 as well, actually. Yeah, it was interesting because uh, I was looking at the, the list and Toy Story 4 was nowhere to be seen as far as I saw. Uh, no. I mean, uh, oh, also Weathering With You got effects uh, for Feature Award, which is uh, the only 2D movie. Okay, yeah. Which, again, understandable considering how much effects play yeah. into that film story. In a way, I'm kind of surprised that Klaus wasn't nominated in that category as well. True. It was one of the few it wasn't nominated in. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Toy Story 4 really kind of came and went, didn't it? No, but except it's been nominated. It's, um, it is not pro- probably going to get the Oscar. Um, really? We shall see. I don't. See. I would be really surprised and also disappointed if that was the case. But well, in yeah. a shock, in case you don't know, Frozen Two, which I kind of everyone went into this award season assuming was going to win everything, yeah, uh, just because Disney, and that's the way it works. Um, Frozen Two didn't got nominated. Didn't get nominated for mm-hmm. the animated Oscar. Instead, Toy Story 4 did, uh, along with Klaus, I Lost My Body, and uh, How to Train a Dragon in the Hidden World. So you're thinking uh, Klaus is the favourite, Dan? Sorry, Chris, you were saying Frozen 2, like, in an upset, it's, like, not sweeping. Yeah, yeah so yeah. You're, he's and asking if you want to see if, if Klaus is a bigger contender than, sto- than Toy Story 4, at least in terms of the Oh, that's interesting. Do you, what, do you know, I, this is tricky because I think just culture moves so fast. God, I sound so old, but culture moves really fast. Mm-hmm. And like Toy Story 4 could have come out four years ago, five mm-hmm. years, you know, it, but it was only, what, six months or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing... Movies don't have the same kind of staying power. Yeah, but I, it, I'm just thinking that it's the Academy. Um, oh, and makes, they don't bloody watch anything. Exactly. And they just go, oh, Frozen. Yeah, my kid dresses up as that one, sure. Or, or you know, they know what Toy Story is. They like Toy Story. Mm-hmm. I'll take that box. I, I'm not watching this movie about some disembodied mm-hmm. hand. Or, mm-hmm. um, I'm not or, watching a Christmas movie in January. Yeah, so yeah. basically, yeah, I mm. I think you know if it was the animation branch who were actually voting it, or you know if it was maybe a, a slightly younger demographic or whatever, but it's still all the people who fill in those um, anonymous ba- ballots on the um, Hollywood Reporter or whatever go. I'm not watching that. I swear we do this every. I swear we have this conversation every year. But basically, my feeling on it is, the Oscar, like the actual Academy Award itself, probably doesn't have as much um, publicity power. Do you know what I mean? I feel like in terms at least not within this community, not within the people uh, who are diehard animation animation people. It's like we we tune into the Annies because we know It's, it's animation people talking about animation. Those yeah. are the opinion, opinions of the people who matter. Well, well, at least us. I, actually, I think also outside of that, um, 
the awards season is really valuable um, or invaluable, you know, to uh, to uh, movies getting recognition that probably wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. So like Klaus sweeping and the Annies that made news and like normal trades that animation people, you know, other people other than animation people mm-hmm. encounter and the same of uh, I lost my body, I think as well. And uh, even like missing link winning a, a golden globe. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that the most important thing for me is not what wins, but, something being celebrated and more people being likely to find it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Or being inter- being introduced to something that say maybe they never heard it before or when it was out in theaters, they maybe didn't get a chance to see it. But like, Oh, yeah. if this got, if this got an award, maybe I should check this out. And then they might discover something that they can't imagine having lived their lives without having seen this, uh, this thing. I know that's happened to me quite many times. Mm-hmm. But- and man, I think like Netflix are just in a position on like, and, anyone else where they have the package subscription where you can look through the awards list and be like, Oh, I lost my body. Oh, it's on Netflix. Oh, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I already, <laughs> you know, I can, the access is there. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Same but, for the awards here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think, yeah, it's, yeah. I do think it's kind of funny the way I know everyone was really pleased about Klaus doing well. And I was really pleased about Klaus doing well, but at the same time, it has got the backing of um, Netflix. You know, it's, it's being yeah. completed via Netflix. They funded mm-hmm. it or largely funded it. So it's not like it's this tiny little... Yeah, no. I mean, that's no. why... Yeah, that's why it's really important for um, for small festivals like Animation Ice New York and <laughs> um, the animation and the efforts of Benoit with the Animation Showcase. Um, I mean, there's an, also an opportunity there to sort of point people to um, these shorts and these are, you know, short films and these directors um, for mm-hmm. content. Because um, I think one thing that, that um, you know, like Netflix, the difference between um, or seemingly the, net, the difference between Netflix and a lot of other, uh, you know, large distribution organizations or platforms is that they seem to kind of be fine with like taking chances and a lot of different mm-hmm. kinds of content. And that's where the opportunity lies because, you know, as we all know, there's tons of amazing uh, filmmakers out there that don't necessarily get a spotlight and people, you know, human beings just naturally like sort of follow what other, other people's choices are. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that tends to happen with a lot of, you know, and has happened uh, throughout history. Right. So I yep. think that um, things are changing. There's definitely a bit of a trend that we've seen happen since we um, all sort of started the, podcast right yes no absolutely and uh and uh you know it's a trend refocus on uh animation for adults and um i don't know it's a really exciting time but i I do think Hmm. uh there's an important sort of uh responsibility um for curators and programmers to um follow their gut and you know curate (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well especially with shorts too because uh i mean one of the one of the other award winners we talked about, Love, Death, and Robots. I'm not sure how many of you had a chance to see that. I only just got a little bit caught up on it. I uh, have yet to get to watch the, all the episodes of this yeah. particular Netflix original series, um, but they're all shorts. Mm-hmm. They're all disconnected 
Mm -hmm. uh, shorts, short stories on these different topics. Um, And some of them are really gruesome. Some of them are fascinating. Some of them are hilarious. Like, I like this idea of just basically they took a theme, like kind of like when you and, uh, and, and Annie, uh, Yvonne, when you guys select a theme for all the different shorts that you select for. And that, that emerges organically. I mean, I'll, one thing I'll say about, for instance, I lost my body. I mean, we were, you know, I watched, I was like, wow, this looks just like a short film, <laughs> like a short films we program at Animation mm-hmm. Ice New York. This is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, this is awesome. It's just like, uh, it's very encouraging. And yeah, the net, I did not watch all of the that Netflix series um, yet. I watched a few of the, I need to watch the whole, I need to watch all of them. Cause it, no, yeah. Yeah, the first few, um, uh, yeah, I, I I need to, to go back. Sonny's Edge hooked me. Sonny, oh. watching the Sonny's Edge one hooked me to which oh, the other ones that I, um, that I, it's the one, uh, what, gosh, what episode is that? It wasn't the first one. Uh, da, 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 da. It's the one that we, you normally see on like, like the, in the trailer. I think it's the one that they, the short that they push the most mm-hmm. on the trailer. It's one of the, yeah, definitely. Make a note uh, of that. Hang on a second. Sorry, breaking news. I think I might have gotten the Frozen thing wrong. Uh-oh, it looks what? as though the, it looks <laughs> as though the the BAFTA website mm-hmm. has like screwed up, and the actual <laughs> the actual winner of the animated film BAFTA was Klaus Moonlight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was Moonlight. So funny! I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I completely forgotten about that. Yeah, I just did a yeah. So Klaus, so yeah, Klaus, Klaus took up that Klaus, one. the moonlight of <laughs> this year. Just let's call everyone With up the sleigh disappearing into the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, then maybe it is going to win the, the Oscar. Then. Yeah, I'd like to think, this is my personal opinion, but I like to think that when a certain film it's starts sweeping up in other, on other awards and other award ceremonies, then their chance of getting an Academy is much better. I mean, not that this was the reason that it won the Academy Award, but after um even with a strong competition of all the other movies that was happening that year spider-man into the spider-verse i mean that film is just that good like it needs mm-hmm. it needed that you know award otherwise i would have been severely disappointed in right. i wouldn't have been the only one but because that i think really it, encouraging yeah that, that like win. If, yeah because, but that's the thing i think because of that victory i think that maybe the academy might be a little bit more um, this is wishful thinking on my part, perhaps. But. I've I've seen I've seen this I've seen other articles and stuff saying this saying oh Spider versus Wind changed everything and it's not going to be Disney domination anymore. No, and it's like, I wouldn't say uh, that. I wouldn't say that. It's but. not the first time a Disney film hasn't won. And, no. And last year was Spider Verse. It was one of those years when it just had momentum and it was winning everything. This year, it's not the same. It's, True. It's um, if you look at all the different awards, like Missing Link won the Golden Globe, uh, and you know something like uh, some things have gone to Frozen, some mm-hmm. other smaller, you know, other things. Uh, like Toy Story Four, I think, won like Producers Guild or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like there's one. And obviously, uh, loads of Annie's went to Klaus. Uh, no, we, yeah. We will get back on that, honest. Um, but there's no, there isn't like one standout 
winning everything this year, which no. is more interesting. No, absolutely. I think that's what makes this such a fun, makes 2019 such a fun year because it's so even, evenly distributed. It isn't just one film taking away everything. Though Klaus did win a lot, it's not, it's not the sole dominating powerhouse like certain other films have been in the past, which I think is, like you said, makes for a very refreshing award season because you're not just seeing one film, you're seeing a bunch of different films. And so if you, there's one that you haven't had a chance to see, you're, as we said before, you would be encouraged to check it out because it got the nomination or an, uh, won an award. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I was, when uh, Love, Death, and Robots first came out on Netflix, I was kind of hemming and hawing about whether or not I wanted to watch it because, you know, you've got to be in the right mood for something if you're mm-hmm. in, in terms of, you know, watching it. And some of the, the, the shorts that I saw didn't seem like they were, in, like I would be in the right mood to watch them. So oh, yeah. I just kind of, I kind of bypassed it, but then The promotion today, totally put me off. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so, it's the promotion, but I also like, I also just heard word of mouth that was kind of, it was that it was apparently, um, you know, in the tone of that thing that we often talk about, mm-hmm. where when something shoots for being, um, when something animated has the label for adults and it really wants to earn it. And it's, oh, yeah. it ends up coming off as actually quite juvenile where it's yes. just gratuitous yeah. there's definitely, swearing and sex. And there is, there, there is that. There is that. Def- there is definitely a side of that. But. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, part of me was like, is this this target audience, 13 year old boys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, classic. <laughs> but honestly, just if you're into animation, Technically, just as a technical technical uh, showcase, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. got some of the best animation I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's, so, just, yeah. it's a, a little bit frustrating um, uh, well, for me because I'm like watching so much, so many incredible animated short yeah, films. Yeah, so then you know when you go I mean? back to something just like, like this, like, it's like, come oh, on. <laughs> I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, okay. You're... you're you're, yeah, on, you're, a connois- you're a connoisseur at this point of short animation. Spoiled. So at basically spoiled. like this, you're like, come on, Netflix, impress me. I know, yeah, exactly. I filled out the Google sheet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've watched them all, and some I really like, some I quite like, and some I just meh. But so which of the ones that won awards uh, this year at Annie's were you like, were fell in those categories for you? Apparently, Blur won Best Effects. That's the uh, studio. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, actually, uh, no. It doesn't. It doesn't tell us which episode it was. Uh, um, I know what the list I have here has. Um, which episode? So, which one were you? Which award were you on? Uh, Dan, Best uh, Effects. Effects. That is the Secret War. Um, uh, episode. Not a favorite of mine. Best editorial as well. Mm-hmm. Was that Secret um, War as well? I think that a best editorial was, if I recall, um, that I believe that was Ultimate History. Okay, that was that was fun. Uh, that was yeah. And then production design was um, uh, Witness. That's my standout. Witness. Witness. Yeah, I could. T- I, I I understand that that is one of your particular favorites of this particular and I know um what was the other one uh Sonny's Edge had a uh, music had the music award mm-hmm. yeah that was that was quite a good one witness was and it's one I 
I, I don't remember all the names. <laughs> um, I just watched them a half an hour ago, so like I can go back and tell you which ones were. Uh, there was one one of them. There was two D. Uh, one of the two D ones um, set in China. Uh, <sighs> Goodness, uh, set in China. You said. Um, I can. I can. Yeah, you can double check, but yeah, yeah. like. Um, alternate histories was I thought was pretty funny um, because it's I, I mean not to spoil it but it's the idea that there's like this app where you can explore uh, like different points in history and see what could have happened if say something happened and that you know differently than it should have been and the one point that they decide to focus on is the death of Adolf Hitler and it's just like all these hilarious ways he could die. <laughs> And like, like basically from suffocation by being encased in this experimental Russian weapon being like covered in gelatin. <laughs> like, are you serious? It was really strange, but really kind of funny. Good um, Hunting. Good Hunting was the 2D one that was really good. That's the one I have not seen. So I will have to add that to my list here. Um, Blind Spot was very cool. Uh, that was sort of, that felt like a, Kind of like uh it felt kind of like a a um a kid show, but with more violence and stuff hmm um interesting helping hand was technically amazing uh Ooh. as was uh shapeshifters um oh that beyond, does sound rad beyond the killer rift but um uh and suits I really like suits and free robots. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, Three Robots, I think that's next on my list to watch, so I'll have to add that other rest on there. That was the first one I played, because I don't know if you know this, they, you get different orders. They they randomise the orders a bit. Yeah, yeah so they play them ra random. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's really, oh. I like that. Um, I was really super happy that um, the storyboarding and animated television media went to Carmen Sandiego, um, the very first uh, half of the pilot episode. Um, the pilot episode two-parter, which is, I love the style and design of the Carmen, Carmen San Diego show. So I'm really super happy that that got an award. I think it's got two seasons out on Netflix right now. I have not made it to the second season, but I've seen enough of the first season that I'm like, I, I can't wait to watch more. I've just it's, seen Carol and Tuesday was also nominated for that. And that's really, yeah. That's I interesting. That's interesting I, that they, they uh, nominated an anime show. Mm, well, it's one of the few. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. And what else we got? Um, Starboarding, which we already talked. Um, oh, that was from uh, San Diego. I think Kenny Park worked on TMNT, the new one. Yes. Rise. Yes, the um, rise of the TMNT. Yeah. He's which makes sense because I feel like. Um, good storyboarder. There's a real, I like the way both of those shows, I mean, obviously I think in terms of animation, like fluidity, at least the motion, mm -hmm. Rise still has it, like, I, like I'm continuously impressed by what that show does. But in terms of the layout and the story, how they proceed from scene to scene, mm -hmm. um, Carmen is fantastic. It's got a, like, there's just, well, the way that they basically theme this show to be so cool and suave, like the, like the classic cat burglar thief which is what the story is focused on. It's like, I love it. It's absolutely like everything about the design is saturated in it. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. I, uh, I loved, I loved the, the pilot I saw. 
Mm-hmm. Zog's good too. Zog was a nominee. Yes. Um, yeah, that's one of the um, like Christmas specials. Uh, is it a um, Julia yeah. Donaldson? I think yeah. it is. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah. Um, but I really liked that one, and I actually really liked how it was storyboarded as well. Um, yeah, those guys. Um, I think it's the same team, pretty much, working on a new uh, film every year. Yeah, magic. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, just, they're just getting better and better. Really, I saw, I saw a room on the broom at Christmas or thereabouts. That was mm-hmm. that really one's excellent. Fun. Yeah. Um, good to see uh, best voice acting Bob's Burgers. So, so um, H. John Benjamin and I've I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers recently because they dumped, oh yeah they basically dumped the first nine seasons on Amazon Prime in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So I wow. Just, I just watched loads that I haven't seen and it I just I love it. And um but I think his his performance is deceptively great. I mean you don't really necessarily... what's H. John Benjamin, what's amazing is that he uses basic just his voice, exact same voice for that role and for Archer, but they're com- so different. It's acting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just shows Stopping you the magic of acting. He's, he's, but he's not doing the cartoon thing where you no. put on a silly voice. No. Like Mel Blanc, you know, it's I, not that I'm saying that was no good. Mel Blanc is amazing what he does, but yeah. kind of um, influenced the way that people did voices, quote unquote, for animation for mm-hmm. a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, H. H. John Benjamin is just the nuance he gets in to like the subtle ways that he can like put across that someone's like annoyed or not into something yeah. is always <laughs> just delightful. It's it's just one of the best voice casts on on TV. That one, it's just mm-hmm. yeah, and um, there's. I don't know if you've seen, they've uh, released the first image from the new Lauren Bouchard series that's going to go on Apple TV Plus. Ah. Central Park. Oh, yeah. And this is, and this, they're just being honest about it and saying it's a musical because Bob's Burgers becomes a musical sort of by stealth over the years. It's like, oh, (laughs) nice. Obviously loves music and always puts it in as much as possible. And um, (laughs) yeah, there's a, there's an album with some great stuff in it from oh, Bob's Burgers. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, as I said, Frozen 2 got the best voice acting for Josh Gad for Ogaf. Olaf. Olaf. Ogaf. That's an interesting choice. Uh, but I, I'm like, I'm thinking like, who is the standout performance of Features voice acting last year, and I like I can't think of anybody. It's hard to pin down anyone specific. I don't know how opinion. far the um, the categories uh, requirements stretch. I was actually re- I really liked the um, the main performance in I Lost My Body. I, I thought that that was a yeah. I thought that that was a really good naturalistic performance. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't Josh Gad. So, no. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> though, um, there was one actually 
one uh, item on this list. I'm not sure if um, I have it on the list that I have here, but I'm not sure if it made it into uh, in terms of character animation because mm-hmm. um, there was there was quite a few. Um, they had lots of different like various categories for character animation. There was uh, animated animation, character animation, animated television broadcast production, animated feature production, which was Klaus, uh, live action production, um, which was Avengers Endgame. Uh, character animation in a video game, which was um, Unruly Heroes, which I have not had a chance to play, but I have taken a look at the trailers, and I do think that the kind of animation for that particular game series is very charming. Um, though I would have personally said, you should have given that to Indivisible. <laughs> oh, yeah, Indivis- Indivisible. Which was, if I recall, I believe the production, I know um, they had, uh, gosh, who did they bring in to work on that? Um, Titmouse? I think we're oh, in yeah. for that. Uh, yeah, awesome. Who've just um, signed a deal with Netflix to do yeah. more adult animation, which is cool. But one thing that I, uh, what uh, basically I was surprised to see on here, but I'm kind of glad that I had an uh, opportunity to actually see it uh, through someone else who has an actual HBO subscription. Uh, uh, no and that is, going. yeah, his, his Dark Materials, um, yeah. the animation for uh, Yorick Bernison. I was, I, yeah, I was really amazed by the, the quality of the uh, CG characters in that because it's just the fact that we can do that in TV now. It's like yeah. that would have, like for years that would have been something just you could only do. Yeah, yeah. If, there, now, if anyone was going to pull it off, it had to be HBO because they've gotten used to. I don't know who who they have on the staff if anyone came over from Game of Thrones, but they've gotten used to animating these giant CG monstrosities. Uh, dragons, and I was like, "Hmm, polar bear seems a lot smaller scale, but sure, okay." I th- I think because it's it's a BBC co-production. I think most I think most of the creative side is done over in, over here. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe just HBO got more comfortable stumping up for that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's maybe yeah because uh, well, yeah. it was a huge, huge. Um, production but yeah it's funny what you're saying chris because like i remember the sunday night dramas that used to be on when i was younger like the phoenix on the carpet and did you ever <laughs> see did you ever see um our oh, five children and it yeah that was adapted ad. by the same author and it was all like pretty chunky green <laughs> screen and like some puppetry and it was all very kind of quaint and yeah, like his dark materials wasn't. You probably yeah. never saw the um, original BBC adaptation of the Chronicles of Narnia. Now that. Now no, that I did. Was... Oh, I did. saw that. Yeah. I had that. I think I had a recording of that. Way yeah. Back when. yeah. 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 Now that be... was quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There used to be like TV animation, movie animation, game animation, and now it's kind of all just becoming awesome (laughs) you know or we have like every i mean that's what like i mentioned the um yes awards and um i mean i'm involved with them uh with the visual effects society uh but you know it's interesting like the you know like the dark crystal (laughs) being oh yes you know Mm. like and uh toy story 4 obviously the lion king um you know won a bunch of awards that was but it's not animated, obviously. Nuts. That yeah. film is yeah. nuts. <laughs> nuts. But also Missing Link. I mean, there's just so much overlap, you know what I mean? Like, uh... Yeah, and, and that's, that's, actually, that's the thing, I think, is like 
particularly when you think about London, for instance, like there are game studios and VFX houses mm-hmm. and animation studios and people just like get hired at the same place. You know, they, mm-hmm. they move from place to place and yeah. you literally get the same people working on games and, you know, like film VFX and mm-hmm. things like the Lion King. And also like even, even like commercials now have mm-hmm. graphics that you wouldn't be able to do in films a few years ago. I, I was, yeah. it just occurred to me like when I was watching, we have this very popular series of adverts in the UK for a, um, a price comparison. Site I knew you were going to talk called, about this guy. Called, uh, <laughs> com- called compare the market only they, the, the long running joke is that there's also a site called Compare the Meerkat, and there is a meerkat, yeah. an animated meerkat with a Russian accent for some reason. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, they just had these little um, CG ad- adverts with this little animated meerkat, and it's a very well animated meerkat. Yeah, I see. I get to see those because I, I, it's part of the reason why I participate mm. in the uh, nominations event for VES. And um, basically, like, you get to sit around all day and watch um, visual effects, special features, and, and drink boxed water and stuff. Okay, this year it wasn't <laughs> boxed water, but that stuck with me. <laughs> From the first year, I was like, this is fancy. <laughs> Boxes of water. No, um, <laughs> and they feed you. But... Um, it's awesome. But yeah, so I got to actually see the meerkat. <laughs> yeah. Simples is the... Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. is there anything else we've not... <laughs> so I don't really... Does anyone have anything to say about the video games? Because the Annie's is like one of the few awards mm. that has that kind of crossover. I this haven't is... seen Unruly Heroes. I don't know anything about it. I'm sorry. Uh, let me let me make sure I pull it up because Unruly Heroes. I it's not a game that I am widely familiar with. Um, also VR, the Baobab one. Yes, which was that's very. Uh, I mean, it's a good pick. So is Gloomy Eyes, though. I'd say. I know yeah. so little about VR. I've never done. I've never experienced it. I don't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of the... Oh, I know Kaiju Confidential. That's that's a blast. Yeah, my, my housemate has a has a uh, VR-like thing, and every now and again we'll have like an evening where we'll just kind of catch up on things. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm always completely um, freaked out by how easily sucked in I get. <laughs> and how quickly I can forget my surroundings. Oh yeah, I, I can forget the time. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> like it's 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 crazy. It's I kind of think you know maybe um, I'm the wrong. I don't know. I feel like I'm no, I'm like almost too old for it. You know how like no, when, no, it's when like nuts. a grandma's like I can't <laughs> do a 3D movie yet, and you're like. Come on, it's just like what's so bad but i seriously don't trust myself with <laughs> with vr I, I sort of i feel that way sometimes about um uh, animations that are have are well like the lion king that are hyper realistic um they make mm-hmm. they feel like a fever dream i think we talked about this before where i'm just like it's quite it makes me feel a little bit crazy like to watch singing animals in an environment that oh um, since since we're talking real. about um like vfx then um <laughs> 
There is one movie which was... Keep going. I just want to make sure I have the link for the game. I'm going to send that to you in the chat here. So that way you can take a look at it if you want. But it is a Switch game. Oh, Right. There is one... um, there is one um, movie which was actually which actually uh, unnominated itself for loads of awards and is a very heavy VFX movie. Are you talking oh. about Lion King? No, I'm talking about Cats. Did oh, Cats? yes, oh, oh, yeah. I did not see it. I did not see it. Because if you want to, if you're looking for a fever dream, fever dream. <laughs> experience. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, I think that would um get in my head a little bit for <laughs> I I literally I literally had the experience of like I don't know, it was almost like the first time being drunk where you're like <laughs> trying to figure out oh, what's happening to me and then you just kind of let and then you just kind of let go and just laugh. <laughs> That's it was funny. um yeah. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's goodness. an experience. My favourite thing about that film was the fact that they brought it out the same day as Star Wars. Mm. And they thought that was going to go well. But I, I just like the idea... I don't of, think they did. I think they did that for a reason. <laughs> I like the idea of um, like turning up for a midnight showing at the cinema in full Star Wars regalia and say, one for cats, please. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> we, made that, we made that joke when we actually... I did actually see Star Wars at midnight and I made that joke as well. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Um, I have to say the yeah. the, v, the VR thing though. Um, you know, <laughs> actually, I have a little bit of a funny story about VR experience. Like, I played through, um, believe it or not, um, like Vanilla Fallout um, in VR. Mm. Like it was an experience, and um, and you know there were times where you know, like the, any kind of queasiness kind of went right along with the theme because you were in this environment right. with a lot of radiation. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so it kind of you know like felt like a feature <laughs> instead of a bug. Um, but the other thing is, uh, I played through some of Skyrim as well, um, just to ah. sort of, like test out that environment of games that I had already played through and loved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like checking mm-hmm. them out. It, you know in the environment because you spend so much time like it's fascinating how we project ourselves you know into video games right in, mm-hmm. or into cg yeah, environments yeah. when you're building something but we're like we're really good at it you know especially if you play a lot of games like you just you project yourself into the it, so it is such a strange thing to be like exactly where you expect to be <laughs> with a little with a little added immersion because uh-huh, you know uh-huh. you, there are people maybe running at you you know what i mean and and um but so uh, this is horrible but there's this there is this horrible this this just awful awful option of like uh natural sneak and if you turned it on then you could like you'd have to get down crouch down when you actually snuck in the game oh boy that would be painful yeah that was a horrible idea because basically like um in my apartment (laughs) with not (laughs) not that much extra room in queens and um (laughs) playing sneaking around this cavern to um to you know kill a bad guy with my arrow and um and not knowing where the heck I was in my own apartment because <laughs> mm. I'm in a cave, right? And I um, basically tripped, <laughs> like from oh, the no. yeah, no. and like, like almost really hurt myself, <laughs> like 
and like <laughs> almost like knocked the side of my head on onto like the desk because I, you know, I was sneaking. <laughs> I turned that off immediately. But, um, <laughs> I actually, I, was, I actually had that playing. Um, have really you played super? Have you played super hot? Oh, oh, good old super hot. That yeah, that's super hot in VR is yeah yeah is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, where you're yeah, like, yeah. It's really I'm dangerous. crouched <laughs> and I'm sort of like not moving because I'm trying to work out my next move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. but it's it's really interesting what you're saying about like how as humans we're really good at mm-hmm. putting ourselves in 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 that space yeah, because. Yeah. Because that's storytelling. Storytelling mm-hmm. at the end of the day is about empathy. It's about exactly. understanding what it feels like to be in someone else's shoes. That's right. And um, it, it's reminding me probably the strongest experience I've had playing VR is this really, really weird game called A Fisherman's Tale. Oh, yeah. Mm. And like, it's, I got very, um, I mean, I played it like on one of these sort of like evenings where we all got together Mm-hmm. Um, and we did like a level at a time, but I got like really um, introspective and sad mm-hmm. because it was about like a lone fisherman um, tending a uh, a lighthouse, and like it just it it had um, you know like when you see a movie, you're like you feel sad because in the same way that you're reading a book. Mm-hmm. you kind of you you feel for the characters in the situation yeah i i more than a book or a movie i felt isolated and and like a quite um melancholic mm-hmm. um from playing this game yeah. it was it was really weird well that's i mean my argument to most every developer that i talk to um when or more of like not really developers, but let's say like people sort of promoting projects, right? Um, and and they talk about like the it's a bit of a pitch line, right? The like immersiveness of VR and all this stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, wait a minute, and it's not. No, like this is an argument for why they need to be really good and tested, and why like animation has to be a certain level of quality and the acting has to be a certain level of quality because we are so good at projecting ourselves into environments because that's the sort of tether that's so very important you know and and that's why um i mean i was gone on about this in the past but like um fisherman story is a a great example of you know of uh you know successful incorporation of of you know animation techniques you know And, Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and so is so is moss you know moss i think is is probably um, is one of the better examples of you know like really heartfelt you know oh yes beautiful oh um, I've not I've game. not played that one oh it's great so we had Rick, um Lyco Lyco I don't know if I'm saying a little mouse yeah it's named Quill <laughs> um, <laughs> but you like you fall in love with that little character and there's just enough yeah. interactivity and like it's funny because as for a little while there, there was like this little bit of pushback, like this isn't a game, it's VR, it's different. You're, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, like, but, you know, this game, uh, Moz, that's on um, Oculus and, and also PS4, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just really well done because the environment is so beautiful and that little character is, is really mm-hmm. animated with a lot of heart. And I, I wrote a fan email to them uh, when I first saw it <laughs> um, <laughs> to just say, like, I hope you guys realize what you did. And, and they've won lots of awards since, um, but it's really a high standard that, that uh, 
you know, I bring up a lot as like sort of, a, you know, the the quality people should be trying to achieve, you know, mm -hmm. um, is, is that kind of, uh, you know, it's game animation. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's just done with, a, a, there's a lot of empathy. You don't, you feel horrible when the little character dies, <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. That, right. you know, and, and there's replayability and the environment's really beautiful. And there's this whole other sort of context about like the reader being the hero. <laughs> well, and, we'll get into uh, that, some of that because there's, I had an interesting yeah. experience regarding that. Um, and I'm sure, You'll empathize with this, uh, particularly Vaughn, since this is a game series that you and I really like. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's Life is Strange, too. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second, because that's, oh, yeah. that's part of my um, water cooler uh, segment. But oh. before we wrap up <laughs> talking about the awards, um, oh my goodness, I, did send you a, I did send you a link, guys, to um, right. see the trailer for, um, yeah. for Unruly Heroes. And I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, I can see why this won an award. I don't. I don't need to watch the trailer. I just saw it said martial arts and monkeys, and I'm on board. It's literally <laughs> it's the journey the to the west. Can. Yeah, it's, it's journey to the west. Yep, it's a I'm game version of Journey to the West, <laughs> which I'm like, okay, um, you you have me. But the animation, of course, is is brilliant. It's it's beautiful. I like. There's. I, I, the award was well deserved, even though I really enjoyed the character design um, and animation in. Um, in Indivisible. Where's the goose? Is, I know. I mean, <laughs> there's anyone that, to be fair, uh, Untitled Goose Game is getting a lot of uh, game awards this year, mm. so no, worry, no need to worry about that too much. But Did no, yeah, this game looks fantastic. For like a Metroidvania kind of brawling explorer experience. I, I had to look something up because there's um, another set of awards that's come out uh, is the Kurino, Kurino Awards, which are the um, uh, Ibero-American Animation Awards, which is Spanish and Portuguese-speaking oh. countries. And because mm -hmm. Klaus is Spanish, sure, it's mm -hmm. it's up for the most awards there. But um, one thing I remember from that uh, those nominees is that the uh, game Greece, Gris, or got nominated. Oh yeah, Gris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to check. I was thinking, did that get nominated for the Annie's last year? I'm like, pretty sure it did. And, and it did, yeah. I think it might have even won. But I'm not. I'm a bit confused as to maybe it's because it came out in a different format or something. It did. I the, know um, it is on mobile now. Okay, but it's it's up for the um, award at, at the Carinos. So. All right, Nito. Well, that game is beautiful animation, so I'm really glad that mm -hmm. it's continuing to get recognition. Um, but no, yeah, it's all around. Got some interesting winners this year, and I'm glad that it helped encourage me to check out some stuff that I didn't know. Like, I'm, I definitely know that I'm going to, once I start my new job and have more money flowing in, I'm going to see if I can get this Unruly Heroes game so I can give that a go. Um, and can it, we also just note that there was also a, uh, a Windsor McKay Award posthumously and rather overdue to Satoshi Kon. Absolutely. Um, this is the tenth. This year will be the tenth anniversary of his passing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Windsor McKay Award, and then um, also I did hear about uh, the uh, moment that they took to honor the people of the the um, the arson, and it was it was Kyoto. Yeah, Kyoto yeah. animation. Yeah, which was that was something that was I'm, I'm really super glad that they did. Because that was, I remember hearing about that was just appalled. 
Like who? Who? How? Why? <laughs> yeah, that was that was really that was a moment where it just felt. I know it felt as though um, the animation community put aside everything and just behaved like you would. Ex- I mean, like you would expect. Mm-hmm. But also, it was nice to see the response being so. Um, yeah, one of universal solidarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other rewards have we got to get get to? Um. Well, I. Don't they think that that was the pretty much the biggest one? I think. Um, yeah. We, we've covered a great deal. Um, um, I know. Oh, I think there was one I forgot to talk about. I think there was. Um, but this is something we've discussed. I think previous years, because I think this is the same. The same uh, people, the best animated television media production for children, Mickey Mouse, Disney, Disney Mickey Mouse. I mean, the best animated production, TV production, like I said before, before we started recording of uh-huh. the decade, for me, at it's least. It's hilarious. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I'm reminded every single time I tune in to a specific episode or specific episodes, like, how funny it is. Like, um, the two yeah, that it's so had funny. or had won awards this year, um, episode Carried Away and For Whom the Booth Tolls. I love Which, for whom the booth tolls. Oh my god, that was I was just I was just laughing out loud, belly laughing for like the entire short straight. I, I yeah I I don't know I mean like I think Disney are missing a trick and they should screen those in front of their movies because uh, people would love them and I don't think enough people still know about them. Mm-hmm. I mean I guess. They might be getting a little bit more love because of Disney Plus, but yeah, I my, I sincerely hope so because yeah, they're do they're doing they're really killing it with their TV animation, their TV animation, uh, like because having both that and Ducktales now available on Disney Plus, and of course like even classics like Gargoyles, like mm-hmm. you you forget like some even some of the stuff that like you know they might have like swept under the rug. It's like you know guys, they've got some really good stuff here, even though it's Disney, it's the Big, uh, me- big mega corporation that will eventually rule us all. Like, you know what? Sometimes they make really, 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 really good things. Well, that's what I kind of like about the Mickey Mouse shorts is that it's, I think Disney, like at one point, it's a corporation that's just so big. It kind of is forced to loosen up in a few corners. Mm-hmm. And they're probably and that's what get- this is. Yeah, they're getting away with things that Disney animation wouldn't have even considered trying, I don't think, because it doesn't mm-hmm. fit with a brand image. Like, I right, think that yeah. whole idea is just like very slowly dissolving, and it's good for uh, TV animation, like like that TV show, because it's just yeah. Then they can afford wild. to take more risks with Mickey and Minnie and all those iconic characters and do really silly stuff with them. Yeah, that and kind of really like make him. Funny. Make him uh, genuinely what he always was, which is like a bit of a goody goody, mm-hmm. and like play into that and kind of um, poke fun at it a bit. Yeah, like when he is horrified that they didn't put an actual quarter in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, that episode's so good. Um, <laughs> and carried away, I was actually, I was surprised at how much I was going awe as opposed to just straight out laughing. It's like, oh, this is actually kind of sweet. And then, I mean, how have you guys seen that episode yet? Or should I just keep my mouth shut? Because I don't want to spoil it for you. 
I have seen that one because it was the last, wasn't it? The last uh, performance yeah. of um, uh, the Minnie Mouse. Uh, yeah. uh, Minnie Mouse is a voice. Rusty Taylor is that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she's she's composed a song for him on the ukulele, and the entire time she's playing the song for him, and he's, which is reflecting all the crazy shenanigans that are happening on screen. But then my favorite part is like, you I mean, I've, you've seen that in cartoons all the time where, you know, all this crazy stuff's happening and one person could be none the wiser. But my favorite way with that episode is when it ends and Mickey's just like, oh, no, yeah, this is that's such a great song. I heard everything. I loved it all. And she's like, like, OK, well, maybe then maybe next time you don't have, we'll have to not be able to, you know, you don't have to keep us safe and we'll be able to li- you'll be able to properly listen to it. It's like, oh, crap, she was aware the whole time. <laughs> But then you look, it's like, oh, how could she not be? I'm like, I, that was a very unsuspect, like, I was not expecting that at all because I'm so used to the traditional way that where it's just like the person's none the wiser in traditional cartoons, but that was just so well done. Very tasteful. Um, I can't think of any of the other award categories for the Annie's that I think we want to talk about. So um, I guess maybe... If you want to just close it there, we can move on to some stuff that we've uh, been checking out over the holiday, huh? Yes, I just one thing we didn't mention when we when we briefly touched on the Oscars. Oh is, yes. Uh, at the shorts, did we just? I just want to shout out the fact that Kit Ball got nominated, which yes. is one of their mm. shorts. Mm-hmm. I have been sharing that with everyone I come across, almost everyone I come across who is even vaguely a Pixar fan. Like, and as, but as, have you seen this? And that, you know, as it's like their first or one of the first 2D things they've done, and the fact they got nominated, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. They need to be recognized for that, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's good that the Spark Shorts and the um, the Short Circuit, which are the Walt Disney Animation Studio experimental shorts. Mm-hmm. Which I've actually had a chance to watch some of those as well. They're really good. Yeah, I haven't seen them because they're on Disney Plus, which is not available in the UK yet. Um, but soon, yeah. soon. It does seem the fact that Disney seems to be phasing out showing any shorts in before any of their movies, but at least they are putting them up on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm so happy that I remember, you know, getting so excited when I would see stuff like Paper Man or Get a Horse. You know, starting before a Disney feature film, and just being blown away by those. But I'm really glad that they're they're it seems like they're taking an extra step to give other people of like their production team uh, a chance to kind of bring a story to life, which is a a nice gesture. It's a good gesture, and I'm, I'm some of the stuff that I've seen that's come out of those have been really good. And uh, and friend of the show, David Lally is is um, closely involved with that program. So yes, he is. Ooh, well done. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, and uh, also um, speaking of uh, animated short films up for the Oscar, we should we're going to have interviews uh, with the director of Daughter and the director of Memorable coming up. <laughs> oh, awesome! Yes, we are. <laughs> um, yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> yes. Watch this space. Watch this space. Stay tuned. 
Um, but yes, do you guys want to kind of leave things off there? And uh, so you said we're moving on from the uh, you know, Oscars and that will be coming up. Um, that'll be coming up later in February. But mm-hmm. I guess until then, um, did we want to talk about some of the stuff that we've had a chance to watch over the holiday? Yeah, since there's quite a few of us, we might want to keep it a bit bit short on the shorter edge. Uh, but <laughs> we're just going to go around the table. We'll go one at a time and we'll talk about something. Um, Chris, how about we start with you? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying one thing I was able to watch was uh, when I was catching up with movies towards the end of the year, I finally saw... Lego Movie 2, the second part. Oh, you speak me to it. <laughs> oh, you're going to talk about that. Or... No, like I said, I haven't seen it. Like I said, you beat me to it. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I straight up loved it. I thought it oh, was cool. brilliant. Um, Good sequel? Brilliant sequel. I would say, because um, I'm one of the people who's, I'm not, not a fan of the first one. I really like it. I think it's excellent, but I don't. It, there, you know, there was such such a um, wild reaction to it. Like people were like, "Oh, this is the best animated film for ten years or something." Or no, I didn't feel it was the best animated film of the year it came out. Even I just thought I thought it was very funny. I didn't really like what it did at the end, but. Um, uh, you know, I I still really enjoyed it. Um, but the sequel, I would say it kind of retroactively makes me like the original a bit more. Cause, oh, good. Because of what it does with what happened at the end. It's mm. really clever. And obviously, because um, it was still written by um, uh, Lord and Miller, even though they don't, um, or co-written by them, even though they didn't direct this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the really funny thing is that it, I had no idea about this, but it's actually a musical. That, hmm, considering the uh, concept of the fact that this is bringing in the, the, the younger sister into the story with her, uh, imagination world, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they basically have fun, you know, cause it's, it's all meta and everything. Uh, so they have um, um, they have jokes about the expense of it being a musical. Like someone says, "Oh no, are we in a musical?" And, uh, <laughs> and there's like the best parody of a villain song because nice. uh, one of the new characters is um, called uh, Queen Whatever Wannabe, and uh, <laughs> she's voiced by Tiffany Huddish brilliantly. And uh, they make it seem that she's incredibly sinister. And she sings a song about how she's incredibly not sinister and not evil at all. Um, oh, I love that. <laughs> and then, then there's uh, a song sung between her and Batman, which is awesome, called Gotham City Guys. And it's fantastic. <laughs> and it's basically I've heard of that. I've, I've, I've listened to that song. It's funny. She's not into Gotham. She's not into Batman. And he's obviously... Yeah, she's he, more into Superman than Batman. He's like, no! Yeah, and... Everyone loves Batman! And obviously... Lego Batman is awesome in this as well. And yeah, I just thought it was absolutely thoroughly enjoyable, very, very funny, and music is great. Um, They brought on someone else to do the music, Um, someone who's like a musical comedian. Uh, He, I know him 
best as he, if you watch the league, he plays taco in the league, but he's, mm. uh, he is a music, he's a really good musical comedian and uh, he wrote some new songs for that. And I recommend that film and I recommend the, sound, recommend the soundtrack. And the thing is, it didn't do very well. And they've, uh, Lego movie, uh, well, Lego movies probably aren't going to be the same anymore because Warner Brothers mm. aren't going to make any more of them. So they might just be what they could have been in the first place. I don't know. Um, mm. But it does mean that you can probably pick it up really cheap, as I did, because I watched it on the streaming thing and then I found it on Blu-ray for a fiver. So I had it. I, I think the thing that they did, because I, 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 this was someone else's point I heard someone make, was it's not the second Lego movie. It's no, like it's the fourth. fourth. Yeah. And maybe that was the problem. I, I totally think it was. Um, they, they, they overplayed how much people wanted Lego movies. Uh, Lego Batman movie was great. Lego Batman it, is excellent. It's um, probably the best of all the Lego movies. Yeah, my it's opinion. So good. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. Um, but uh, Ninjago, I thought was all right. It was quite entertaining, but it's just you don't need four. And they were like, they were going to make even more. They they were like at least two others in in pre production. Oh, the Lego Batman movie two was like in, yeah. Div- I mean, yeah, they were, they were, they were sure that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just they just they just always learn the wrong lesson. Hollywood, they're like, ah, <laughs> people really want to see Lego movies. Not so now we want to see an emoji movie and an ugly dolls movie and a Playmobil movie. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so it has to be because based on a childhood toy that has really got emotional or nostalgic connections. Like, no. And it's not that people like to see something that's fresh, which it was. Fresh and funny and just like, come on, guys. I mean, yeah, it was heartfelt because it pulled on a little bit of nostalgia. I mean, that's probably why the reason why it was able to connect with people. But you can only do that so many times. Yeah. That gets gets stale really fast. And I can totally understand, like, when it came out, why people weren't particularly interested. They're like, uh... We've done that, you know, it's five years later. Mm-hmm. We've already had three other Lego movies. And part of the reason why the initial Lego movie was such a hit was because of the way that, the, of the care that they took with that movie and creating it was a surprise to everybody because at the time, we basically, what we're assuming now is like, it's, oh, it's a Lego movie. So it is based, it's basically a cash grab. And mm-hmm. that's what a lot of these other films have been in, in a, certain sense of the word cash grab basically you know taking a concept based on a a nostalgic toy or something and trying to um kind of use that to try and craft a market as basically both entertainment and marketing in the same space but was good about the lego movie is that it did in a way that we weren't expecting Mm -hmm. that's something yeah yeah i that's funny i i'm definitely i'm gonna um I, I hadn't gotten to that uh, movie yet. That's on my list now. It's funny because the uh, Not Evil song you're talking about, um, uh, 
seems like it reminds me of the uh did you ever it's it's it rang to me because i freaking love this thing so much but um mm -hmm. meryl um last midnight uh sondheim's into the woods the meryl street plays oh, the witch yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i can yeah, yeah. love that so much but it kind of <laughs> it's it's it seems like it's got a similar vibe <laughs> similar message <laughs> oh yeah well this is definitely gonna be played more for comedy for sure but i oh, think this is well, good that, yeah <laughs> that's awesome but no yeah lego movie too okay that is yeah i know i've still been meaning to watch that. i think that's i i would love to maybe hell maybe even after the super bowl i'll put i'll put that on yeah, um nice. <laughs> what's up next i think um yvonne i guess do you want to go oh. next uh sure sure um yeah i was yeah like a movie too i'm gonna put that on my list i have the actually the screener too so maybe that i'll do that hey, this evening as there well there you go there you go <laughs> so i um i mean i've been watching a ton of stuff just like short film wise but i think i mean if this is kind of more water cooler right mm -hmm. water cooler time yeah um i would like to just bring up a couple of things I'm looking forward to um, sure. sort of in the game <laughs> arena. It's like Absolutely. my little mini vacations, late night mini vacations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I've been looking at, I just started it now, so I haven't really gotten that far in it, but I've been looking at um, Disco Elysium. Have you guys played oh, that? Oh, that has been it? a huge, um, in terms of the video game community, I know yeah. I just read a uh, um, I read IGN's article, and I know Game Informer had a huge uh, piece yeah. on that, but Disco Elysium is uh, big on it a lot of people's best of lists of last looks, year. It looks cool. Like, I just recently started it, and um, yeah, that looks really cool. And then the other, I have, to, I want to give a shout out to this game because it's pretty great. It's called um, RimWorld. Have you ever played it? It's a, um, no, a strategy I game, and it is really addictive, and I'm not sure, like, it's really well done. Um, it's sort of, what is it like? Oh, is it, it's a strategy game, like a world building. Um... Yeah, construction and management. Honestly, like it's my little break, but I don't know how it could be if I'm also working on a festival. You know what I mean? It's really uh -huh. it's not a nice way to um, relax, but I totally um, find myself playing. I play it and then um, my whole colony dies and I turn it off and and um you know go back to my book or whatever <laughs> but um it's really it's really well done it's smart um and the ai in it is really funny like for instance um they, they sort of sell it as a like a story uh creation game right? so, so you start out with this little uh it's a little bit like prison architect as well it looks very similar um mm -hmm. but you you can sort of choose your ai it can be you know really tough or really easier in between and mm. um and then you have you know weather conditions and disease and uh your characters can be injured in every part of their body and mm. i mean it just goes on and on and on and it's very detailed it, very detailed and the end result is this are these like crazy little stories so for instance you know uh I had one colony that um, everyone died from disease and <laughs> oh. fire, and 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 I thought, okay, well, and and they tell you, okay, well, your your story's over because all of your characters are dead. Um, would you like to continue playing? <laughs> and um, so I did. I just like hit fast forward um, on the timeline and just to see what might happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, like a a whole pack of manhunting Yorkshire terriers um, <laughs> over the base. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you know, so stuff like that happens or manhunting 
chickens. Um, I, it's really, it's really fun. It's a really fun game. So I, I just, I, I think it's super entertaining, and I, I think the uh, uh, little AI solvers that they, they're using, um, are fun. <laughs> that is but, fascinating. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. And then uh, I played not this weekend but um i did play red dead redemption 2 um, hey uh, that's actually yeah. one of the things i was thinking about bringing up uh, but <laughs> and, well, uh, well since you're bringing it up I'll, I'll leave it i'll leave I'll, for my other something well i'll pass i can pass the i'll pass the baton to you because i played red or we could talk about it together because I, I i played red dead redemption 2 and then also um life is strange uh um, the sequel the yes. two yeah, those are those are the two big video games I've been kind of going back and forth for. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two is when I'm feeling like I'm getting into more of an open world kind of feel, but when I want to slow down, do more small exploration, I go back to um, I've gone back to uh, Life is Strange Two. But I've just finished Life is Strange Two, so now I've yeah. just got Red Dead yeah. Redemption because Red Dead Redemption is long. Yeah, yeah, long I played, game. I played through both of those and. Um... I'm looking forward to, by the way, Cyberpunk, um, which is gonna- well, Yeah, yeah 2000 April, something, whatever. Yeah, 27, oh. 2077. And, uh, and then of course, The Last of Us Part Two mm -hmm. is gonna be pretty sweet. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, video games. Oh, video games. Um, <laughs> Dan, do you wanna get in here before I start going over these these video games or do you wanna just- No, you no, go for it. Okay, um, so yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2, it's been years since that's came out, you know, that since I came out, uh, and I feel like I finally, I, I, it came out like, um, there was like a discount uh, going on in PlayStation, uh, which I was able to get in on and be able to get that at a pretty, like, basically the entire package plus extra content uh, for pretty cheap, um, which was really super great, um, and the amount of detail that this game goes to, mm -hmm. staggering, absolutely staggering from how you, how it, it tries to get you invested in terms of how you're contributing money to your outlaw camp and um, how basically if you decide to play as honorable or dishonorable and how that affects the story. Um, but it's just, it's interesting. Like sometimes I think that there might be like, at least in terms of earning money, there might be like, like a cap in terms of how much you can earn and then it kind of it kind of can take you out of the experience a little bit but if you're just kind of going along with the story and just you know just taking your, whatever horse you have and then just riding out to the wilderness mm -hmm. and just seeing what happens whether it's uh you know um what's the word am i looking for um scripted or otherwise mm -hmm. And it's, it's fascinating how it, it pulls you in and really kind of getting into the this particular character who is, um, ironically enough, not the character that you were in the first Red Dead Redemption. This is another guy, but you do see um, the the guy who is the protagonist for the first game as one of your companions. Yeah, and thank God it's a prequel. That was actually one of the yes. things that I was just like, because I don't think anybody really like jacked that much. <laughs> no, yeah, he was... <laughs> Week. <laughs> yeah, he's he's much cuter in this game because he's much yeah. younger. He's younger and innocent. But yeah. I actually really like Arthur's story so far yes. because it, it's. I mean, I'm only just entered the fourth chapter. I haven't finished okay. the game yet. Um, but there's already been a lot of ups and downs, and I can kind of start. I'm starting to see a pattern mm. at the end of each chapter where mm -hmm. they plan this big thing, 
like they're going to go ahead. They're going to rob somebody. They're going to take this train. And then all of a sudden something goes wrong and then the law is after them and then they have to move on to somewhere else. And I'm wondering if this is going to be a, because there's a, there's a constant pattern in this. And I'm wondering if this is the, this is the, Mm -hmm. how the the whole group is going to fall apart, which leads into the events of the first game, which is fascinating. I like getting that, that kind of background history because this is the kind of like, spaghetti western kind of storytelling that a lot of people would expect from like a film and i love that you're kind of getting this like interactive perspective and like different play on different stories set in that setting yeah it's funny because the yeah you're right about uh like as long as you sort of stay on the outside of the tree it really feels like this uh, big open world sandbox but then once you start getting dragged down into the main storyline you kind of part of you is like um like no like I want to <laughs> you kind of branch out again I don't He's know like, I want to go hunting keep I want to go I want to yeah. go hunting I want to go meet more strangers who yeah, have exactly all interesting stories like my personal favorite like I just found her up in the northern part of the woods is this story of this widow who her husband died and she lives out there alone and she has <laughs> really doesn't know how to survive and you have to like and you have to make sure you check up on her because i've heard of people who play this game also who forgot after a certain point to go back and check on her and they go back after a certain point in time in the story and she's she's dead she died off screen there's there's a lot of extra development done with a lot of these characters did you see um someone posted an article where they basically like um like followed around one of the workers to see if like he had a regular day mm-hmm. and he totally did. Like he, <laughs> he got up in the morning, he went, you, you Google it cause it's awesome. Like he got up in the morning, goes That's to so work, funny. He, like glazed at work. That's time. amazing. I know he like does his job and then he goes to the bar and then he like falls asleep at the bar. <laughs> oh my God. Problems. But so like, red, yeah. Let me see if I can include that in the, the list oh, of Red Dead Redemption so too. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of detail for sure. Um, uh, it, like yeah. to the point where, like, when you see bugs do happen, like you can kind of forgive it a little bit, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like I would, you would hope that that wouldn't be just like something that is just inherent to sandbox games that like those bugs that just happen. But who knows what really happened? What allowed those problems to fall in the cracks? But there is one particular. Uh, I don't think this is. I think this is scripted. I don't think this is actually uh, a glitch. Um, where you find someone who's like off the side of the road and he's working on his horse. Like apparently his horse has something stuck in its foot or he's just trying to like clean the horse's foot and you can offer to help him with the horse. And the minute he turns around, the horse just up and kicks and kills him and runs off. (laughs) Oh, and I'm like, the first time that happened to me, I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. There's some great stuff in that game. I know when I, um, my character was ripped apart by a bear the first time. (laughs) I was just, horrified horrified and thrilled and um you mm-hmm. know kept on playing till the wee hours in the morning but um yeah that's a that game has all kinds of good stuff in it mm-hmm. i don't want to say too much because i've played through it but i would i'd play it again i checked out the online um because i just wanted to keep playing um uh-huh. or check and check it out i checked out the online red dead online as well a little bit and um it was uh-huh. fun i mean although when I looked at it, there wasn't that much to do, and it started to feel a little bit grindy. So I, mm-hmm. um, I haven't gone back, but I think they've added a lot more content. Yeah, yeah, they have. 
Um, and I do want to make one more aside before we go back to, um, sure. to, to Dan um, about Life is Strange too, because I think out of all the games that I've played this year, emotionally, that had me the most invested from start oh, to finish. Oh, yeah. Those games, they stick with you. I mean, you I find myself missing them. It's just, they do such a wonderful job with cinema. I mean, it's really an interactive movie, right? I mean, it is. That's but what it, it is. I mean, but I, and I, like I said, I, I really love the first one, but there's something about the way they handled the sequel, the, um, this particular mm-hmm. one, which is, uh, take a, this is a sequel in a loose sense. This focuses on, make sure that Dan and uh, Chris have uh, lead into this. Um, <laughs> the this, this is a different set of characters, different situation. It's heavily implied to be maybe a couple years after the events and the ending of the first game, whichever ending you choose. Um, and the story focuses on, so on two brothers. Um, uh, there is Sean, who is, I believe he's about 15, 16 years old, um, and it's the early 2000s, and he lives with his uh, single father, who they're, they're a Hispanic uh, immigrant family, um, and nine-year-old brother, uh, Daniel. Well, something happens in the, uh, the opening of the game where um, they lose their father. And I won't say how, uh, because you know, that's in case you ever do decide to pick it up. But he dies, and um, something happens in regards to Daniel where he somehow has these telekinetic powers that are really powerful and very dangerous. Um, and in a panic, Sean takes Daniel... And they're on the run. So basically the entire time that this story is taking place, all five episodes of this game, they are basically on a journey on foot to get to uh, the border, the to get to the Mexican border and get to Mexico as they're currently dodging the law and stuff like that. But it's, it's basically a road trip across country to get to Mexico with these two characters. And the entire time you're playing as Sean, the older brother and you have to your actions and choices will not influence how your character develops but also how that influences daniel this impressionable nine-year-old child who has who could basically kill someone with the flick of his wrist uh, if he is taught to do so which is quite wild hmm. but the thing i love most about it is because sometimes when certain things like especially with the choice games of how those different choices can affect. Sometimes there's like a clear, you know, you pick this choice or the other choice and you'll see how that affects the story. And sometimes it's really clear cut on what choices go towards certain outcomes. That is very unclear with this game. Like sometimes I'll make similar, roughly similar choices from one playthrough to the other, but Daniel will behave in completely different ways. And I'm not, I have not yet figured out how, the game figures out like, okay, this will really like, will react in Daniel having this reaction or this uh, doing this such a thing later on in the story, which is wild to me. Like I'm normally, it's so clear cut, but I love it that they keep it so vague and no one that I've known who plays this game has broken the code basically of how <laughs> that works, which makes it feel like such more of an organic character. But yeah, that just, that blew me away. Like, I think more than any other game this year, this is like, Red Dead Redemption's beautiful and everything and probably a lot more well put together in terms of the fact that it was a bigger production, but I love Sean and Daniel so much. They're so yeah. great. No, they really- It was I'm, sad to say goodbye. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. Those games, they really kind of haunt you. They stick with you and almost feel that the 
interactivity is um, just, it just immerses you in the story even more. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's, it feels less like a game and feels more like an experience. And um, it's something I think about a lot um, and sort of, you know, bleeds into the whole VR thing too. Um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it, really well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if anyone out there who's not given this game a try, I highly recommend doing so. Even if you've not played the first game oh, yeah, it's all fun. the way through, or like I said, that's not 100% necessary to enjoy the experience of this game. So by all means, like even if you were hesitant or maybe didn't like the first one as much, I think this one took the concept that they originally had and did something such something so fresh, so so. So good, so genuine, I guess is the mm -hmm. word I'm looking for. And poignant, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll stop gushing, um, <laughs> and I'll pass the microphone over <laughs> to Dan. Fangirl, yeah, I know, <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I am such like, a the fan. two of us, like, woo! <laughs> I just want to take Sean and Daniel, give them a big bear hug. Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but Dan, yeah, it's to take the microphone away from me, please. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I will reach across uh, the Atlantic. <laughs> yes. um, uh, yeah, okay. I, I like Life is Strange actually a lot. I know what you mean. Mm. It's, I actually, um, it was a game that my friend once, oh my God, I went around their house and we were going to watch a movie or something. And she was <laughs> like, no, I want Dan to play this game. And I want <laughs> to see, I want to see his, uh, his reaction. And um, I don't honestly remember um, the plot, but I remember how it made me feel. And mm -hmm. Um, I really dug it. Uh, it was interesting. And was I it kind the first of, one or the second one? I honestly don't know. Maybe was it, two. Was there an art school or were there wolves? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I honestly see that sounds like what I played, but I'm not sure. There was a, um, oh my God, it really reminded me of Twin Peaks. It was like there was a kind of, uh, uh, like a sort of, party happening in like a sh in the barn or something i think that might that's have been the, the first, first one, one. Yeah, yeah that's right. the uh, that's the concert and then she sneaks mm -hmm. in she has that's to talk to bouncer there's like a bouncer yeah. bouncer concert how do i get in puzzle <laughs> yeah but i was very much like um i turn into a little stinker when it comes to playing mm -hmm. uh i don't know what you call them like uh games where you have a choice uh, mm -hmm. an option I'll kind of purposefully <laughs> be evil. <laughs> no, the oh, opposite. Break it? I will. Oh. No, yeah, I will try and break it by being moralistic and like honestly. Sometimes um, it's about me going, okay, what is the right thing to do, mm -hmm. um, and not be and not go like, oh, it's a game, I can do anything. Blah blah blah. I'll like take it really seriously. Oh yeah. And sometimes that tips over into. Uh, the game forcing me to go back on rails, which I, <laughs> mm. which I, which I like to test because mm -hmm, I'm an mm -hmm, asshole. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, what have I been watching? I don't know. Um, not a whole lot actually, okay. because I'm kind of coming to the end of a like making a end of a season of TV with with work, and it's mm -hmm. just like eating up all my time. Right. Mm -hmm. However. <laughs> um, I really <laughs> want to shout out uh, I Lost My Body Yes mm -hmm. uh, Which was um, Honestly, I think I said on Twitter Like it's a film that uh, I've been waiting To see this kind of thing for years 
mm-hmm. which is like That's a powerful. a non just a non Japanese animated film that was as beautiful to look at as it was intriguing and um, deftly directed, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I really, really uh, dug it. Um, I, re- I liked that it wasn't an easy story mm-hmm. um, to, to, to either make or to watch. Like it was, it, it kind of rides this um, interesting edge of, um, am I meant to like this guy or not? Or right. how much am I meant to feel sorry for him? And I've had lots of really interesting conversations with people who are like, oh, it's so sweet. But then like some <laughs> people are like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of creepy. And then <laughs> some other people who were saying things like, um, uh, I understood how he felt because I could see parts of myself in him that I would, you know, that I'm not so proud of. Um, uh, having done in the past right or people think that they think it's just weird because it's not tied up in a perfect little bow <laughs> that's one of my favorite things i love that it. i know me too because yeah, for me depression. that is like not not i can't think of any other it's not a great way to say it but for me that is a proper movie yeah <laughs> no i agree i mean that's the right? thing like yeah. yeah yeah because because like animated film like I, I have the thing where it's like, okay, yeah, it's not a genre, but you have to prove that you're not a genre before people mm-hmm. um, will start saying that. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it was completely outside of yeah. many, many, many feature films um, I've seen. Not just like, I mean, like international feature films as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's it's... Yeah, for me, anime is still kind of the gold standard when it comes to... This is a film that just happens to be animated. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe Ethel and Ernest actually came close. But yeah, anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, I lost my body. I love it. And also, I love it because um, it's actually a technical marvel. The mm-hmm. way they made it is just unbelievable. Wow. It, it, it used lots of 3D and lots of 2D. I love that, yeah. Um, and it was really smart um, producing, really. Anyway, so I love that. Um, <laughs> the other thing I've been doing is Masaki, uh, Masaki Yuasa um, and Science Saru have a new series. Um, mm. Masaki Yuasa, you might know him from uh, everything. Devil Man Cry Baby. <laughs> Everything Devil that's Ma- awesome. Yeah, Mind Game, the movie, <laughs> Devil Man Cry Baby, the, the Night is Short, Walk on Girl. Lou Over um, the Wall. Lou Over the Wall. That's his like most recent stuff. Um anyway, he's um adapting a manga at the moment. Um well, but Science Saru have a project that he's kind of leading up, but he's also using it as um an opportunity to let some of the younger directors at the studio kind of step forward and direct things and storyboard. That's great. Uh, Yeah. I mean, good for him because seeing his schedule is kind of panic inducing sometimes because (laughs) he's so prolific. It's a wonder. He must have a deal with the devil, like (laughs) finding more hours. Anyway. um, Yeah. Zokan's, uh, it's uh, he 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 wanted to to work on something and he 
the story is he was he was ego surfing one night um, on Google and just he just typed his name in and um, I've never heard that term before. That's really good. Loads of people were saying um, <laughs> like, "Oh, uh, Urasa should should adapt this manga called Izoka. And he and the decision went. Oh, if other people think that, then uh, I'll do it. <laughs> if, they, if they think that I'm a good match, then I must be. Um, anyway, so uh, it's a series that's... Okay, it's got a very interesting premise. Um, oh, I think I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that was actually... I was going to talk about this in a minute or so. It, yeah, oh, it's, right. Um, yeah. Keep your hands well, off. Keep your hands off as you can. Yes. Yeah. Um, right, continue. <laughs> I think it's okay. I don't know what it means. It's kind of, I think it means like film club or film mm-hmm. society or something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's just a, 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 a anime series that's about making anime. Yep. That's oh. it. Um, there have been ones like this before. Um, there's one I remember watching that's about a production assistant. And it's literally this woman driving around uh, Tokyo to all the freelancers like saying hey where are your scenes because <laughs> like, they're all animating on paper um, like she's literally physically knocking on people's doors saying like hey so um, you you know give me your scenes your, your shots and like uh, you know people are saying things like oh sorry my babysitter cancelled so I had to yeah I haven't done it and it's there are a few there are a few series about making animation it's not a unique thing but the thing that um, is interesting about Azoken is that it's about a um, about three, uh, I think, high school or or college girls. Yeah, they're high schoolers. I think high schoolers, right? Um, who end up bumping into each other and realizing that they each want to make animation. Well, two of them want to make animation. One wants to make it, wants to make those two make animation because she knows she'll profit from it. <laughs> that, okay, yeah, that's that's a more accurate <laughs> description. And she um, is easily the best character in the entire show. But I do, I, I love them all. Oh, she's the one who makes things happen. Mm-hmm. The other two, which are is what a producer of, should do. Uh, yeah, and the other two are kind of. Um, uh, hopelessly optimistic. It's a really interesting show to watch for people, I guess, who, um, who want, whoever wanted to make animation because mm-hmm. it perfectly gets across the pure inspirational um, way your anime, your your imagination can just run off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, In many that- ways, it kind of reminds me of Fantasia or something. It does. Oh, it's, that's a great it's comparison. It's not really about, you know, making a story each episode. It's about how do we use the situation in this episode to get to making something which is um, animation for the sake of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that kind of being a beautiful thing in itself. Yeah, um, like the, um, the main character... Uh... Uh, Midori uh, Asakusa, who is the, she's the one of the main main three main characters. She is, lo- she's like she's basically a pure concept artist. She loves drawing cityscapes, landscapes, machines, um, and you know just a bunch of these different uh, 
ideas for this, um, what's the world, I love the words she used, the greatest world, her own greatest world is what she calls it, she calls it. And um, like, I just love like the, the pure joy that when they're talking about what they wanna do and then sometimes the, you'll start seeing the actual stuff that they're thinking and talking about come to life. Yeah, the, the sort of the, the, yeah, the walls will sort of fall away and it'll, it will turn into like this very sort of sketchy style mm-hmm. and they'll purposefully leave things in that makes it look unfinished. Like there might be some frames which are not colored or they might leave in uh, like tracking marks for cameras and things like that. And it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just like a very, very inspirational thing to watch. I guess it's kind of like, you know, in The Wind Rises when he just, his imagination just, just uh, makes reality fall away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's specifically about animation and it's very sweet. Sometimes it's definitely a little bit too real <laughs> for for a lot of people's um, for a lot of people's likes, especially when it comes down to like the producer saying things like, "Look, you uh, if you want this to be finished, you're working uh, twenty four hours a day." until you know for the next four weeks mm-hmm. or you change how you want to make this yeah like being yeah. like being super uber practical which is important in a production for sure but at the same time it's just like for the for the creative soul who's just like oh we can do all these things you know it, it like it's kind of like you know uh pinned to a balloon you're deflating it but you're in the enthusiasm a little bit and she's always uh, the same yeah. character whenever they're having their flights of fancy um, with the different creative ideas. She's always the one asking like these world building questions, like why would it do such and such if yada yada? I think it was like what was the episode I watched yesterday, um, the second episode, where uh, Midori is basically constructing this like really cool flying device that would have which she would have around her waist uh, that does like basically this giant fan. And mm-hmm. then as she's talking about it lifting off, um, her friend who is named uh, the producer Lily a chick named uh, Sayaka. I think that's who that is. Yeah, uh, Sayaka. She's basically like, if that was the case, then wouldn't you be spinning around with it? And then the next, the, it cuts back to her and she's spinning around. And then she's like, okay, maybe we'll have like an outer belt so that way I'm not directly attached to the part that's spinning. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very simple like story-wise thing. It's not something to watch for the story. But the no. the the interactions between the characters are are sweet and it's um yeah it's my favorite thing to watch at the moment it's even e- even if i know like an episode will have one kind of moment which is definitely uh a bit close to home <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> uh but yeah no that's all i've really been watching I've is been it on crunchy roll pretty bad it is, it is. Yeah. yeah yeah so that yeah that's the way you can it. access it Crunchyroll or anything that Crunchyroll is associated with. Um, Chris, I have one more thing I would like to share, but um, do you want to go first? I'll just do a quick speed round. Okay. Just, um, <laughs> cool. Go, go over, because uh, I've watched, I caught up with quite a few things like as the year ended and went into. Uh, I watched Missing Link and mm. uh, finally, and it yeah. was one of, it, I, it comes high in my rankings of, uh, I've only seen it once, but I would rank it high in my Leica. Mm-hmm. Um, because Definitely. 
it just felt it felt more kind of more like a an Ardman film in many senses. It was like you know it's a proper adventure romp, and I loved the whole sort of Victorian or Edwardian sort of setting, and mm-hmm. uh, and um, the you know the sort of uh, Phileas Fogg sort of thing with the with the fusty old men going oh you'll never be a member of this club type yeah. thing. <laughs> and, uh, and it's it's directed by a Brit and it's very yeah I think very that's British a... feeling like having mm-hmm. Stephen Fry in it and yeah and Hugh Jackman doing a yeah. great uh, accent. He makes a good Englishman. Yeah. He, he does, uh, and it's one of like those. It's one of my pet, well, not my pet peeves. Yeah, we've but... talked about this, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm definitely wrong in this case. But yeah. I think it's really weird to sell an animated. Fi- I do think it's kind of weird to sell an animated film with a celebrity voice if and they then are get then to do a two- completely different voice to the one they're known for. <laughs> This one isn't too bad. I yeah. think we've kind of got, you know, got over it a little bit. But like, yeah, the original is, of course, Ewan McGregor doing an American accent for robots. robots. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. Um, no, Missing Link's good, man. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really fun. And it's uh, very funny. Yeah, exactly. So funny. Yeah. And just what they've done with stop motion. I know there's a lot of uh, hybrid CG and stuff, but still it is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to give a little shout out because I'm always in, I've always been very negative on all the Disney live action or quote unquote live action, not really at all live action films. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to say I did watch Aladdin and I was surprisingly entertained. It's, um, ah. It's, oh, I don't want to say it's it's not probably not a great film, but I I had fun with it, and I think it could have been better. It's it's probably one of the better Disney live action adaptations that's out there. But I feel like they had a really big missed opportunity with that film. But anyways, continue. Well, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I mostly. Um, most of the things that I hate about most of those live action adaptations don't apply to that because they haven't tried to make it dark. Uh, mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I think also just like the the actress who plays Jasmine, Naomi Scott is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. um, Will Smith is good as the genie, even though the CG, you know, making him look blue does look terrible. But, you know, it's got all the it it sort of it it does the thing of scratching the nostalgia itch without uh you know it doesn't replace it in any way mm. it's just it just made me go oh yeah that was all right and fun and i quite enjoyed it um so yeah when I'm will not... smith's allowed to be will smith he's actually yeah. funny <laughs> yeah it's just yeah <laughs> it's Continue. Main... yeah did anyone not... see dumbo yes oh. i also saw that that was very weird. Um, <laughs> That's what everyone says. It's, it's I can't so bring strange. myself to watch it yet. I just I watched bits and pieces for the special effects, like it looked cool, but I couldn't. Not mm-hmm. yet. It's not. Mm-hmm. I can't do it yet. <laughs> I again, think there's. Yeah. Go ahead. Again, it's it goes a bit too somber and everything for my liking. And right. it's really 
it's very little to do with the original. Uh, and it's a bit weird that they keep having the announcer. I think it's the announcer guy they actually get to do boxing coming on and say, It is, yeah. Let's get ready for Dumbo. <laughs> Let's get ready for Dumbo. <laughs> yeah, I think because like he has like copyrighted Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Yeah. Being oh, said <laughs> in what? in the tone that he does. <laughs> so 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 like yeah, I think I think um either they would have had to I might be making this up, but I'm pretty sure I heard that, <laughs> I'm gonna believe it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I it's a good story either way. Um I'm pretty sure I heard that like it was either they paid him for the rights to say it like that. <laughs> or they just got him, which was kind of about the same amount. It's just so weird. Uh, it's in a yeah, period it's, setting, like yeah. the 20s, and they have that bloke going, let's get ready for Dumbo. It's yeah. just so weird. Somebody was like, you're in. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and like, finally, I just want to say, has everyone caught up with the last scene, like the first five episodes of season four of Rick and Morty? Oh, I unfortunately oh. have not. I am have sorry. Have you not? Really? I'm sorry. That, I'm so that, sorry. Did you not? Did you I had completely forgotten about that. Oh, oh God. I know. It's, it's oh. like, no, I saw it, but I had forgotten that I saw it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm saying it was forgettable, like by any, by any means. Like it's definitely, I'm not up, but I love it. Uh, yeah, it's great. And it was, I, it was just so good to have it back. Uh, it's like, it, it's just, the whole thing of it's this one of those programs where the fact that a lot of assholes like it kind of puts people <laughs> off, but it's still really good. And I really- know. I really, I don't know why, um, man, there's this, I, it's like literally everywhere at the moment and I'm guilty of doing it myself, particularly when it comes to, I don't know, like people who support Brexit or something like that. <laughs> you kind of lump people in categories. Mm. And I think the Rick and Morty thing is just people just love being able to uh, distance themselves from other people. They mm. love it. And um, I think, yeah, the Rick and Morty thing is just like, the people don't really have any good reason to, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand where it comes from. Because I get I get kind of like weirdly defensive about it as well because I think it's a really good show, mm. and I think yeah. that it's not saying uh, anything like I don't know like like Rick is a good role model or anything like that or he's do you know what I mean he yeah there's that weird I don't think I understand the controversy what happened I I don't I think, I think so- what happened was basically you know it all came to a head around the time that um the the Sichuan sauce was oh, actually available at McDonald's. Right, okay. I remember and that. like, they obviously ordered way, you know, way fewer than uh, they, uh, they, they should have, or, mm-hmm. you know, it was a fucking promotional thing. <laughs> but like, people went rabid for it. Oh. And exhibited just, just oh. deplorable behavior about, and treating the staff like 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 rubbish, just oh boy. demanding the sauce, and I think it kind of just gave, gave the fans a really really bad rap. Wow. And also, there was some stuff about some people like complaining about season three and saying it was 
it was because they'd employed more women or something and that oh, it was Lord. less good wow. now because of that and basically there's there's some great stuff in the new seasons basically. yeah i think i'm gonna shelve shelve all of that into the i i don't care shelf yeah. and then just mm-hmm. watch it and enjoy it because i honestly like i i know i haven't um caught up with with uh that show because i I really love it, and um, I'm sort of saving it <laughs> for oh, myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I, because I am also really busy. It's like, and uh, I want to make sure I can enjoy it properly, and not like watch it while I'm working or whatever. You know? No, it's great. I still, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not spoiling anything, but there was an episode this season where I just, I can't get over how it's only twenty minutes. <laughs> They pack so. The most recent episode, which is like one of the best episodes ever. It's just. I'm not going to spoil anything by saying this, but the heist one. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) they are doing, you know, gymnastic mental gymnastics here. That is, yeah, yeah, I was blown away by it. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, Mm. but also the most recent episode was just world class. And I did basically run lead in the lead up to coming back. I did. I don't know if I watched the whole thing again. I can't remember, or if I just watched season three. But I, you know, I got myself thoroughly in the mood and go, "Yes, this show is amazing." I was like remembering that. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, if you haven't caught up with um, season four, part one, I don't know how long it's going to be before we get the next episodes. <laughs> Hopefully, not another year. Um, I thoroughly recommend it. It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's great. And end of speed round. Thank you. <laughs> that was really impressive, nice. Chris. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a lot more video games than I have been watching stuff. I think probably today I've watched the most things um, in generally that, I've, that I have in the last month or couple months or so, especially since I've been getting ready for my new job. But um some of I've been watching some old favorites, um, Gargoyles, since I have access to that now on Disney Plus. Um, Symbiotic Titan uh, uh, from uh, Denny Tartakovsky's um, time on uh, Cartoon Network is up on Netflix now. So I've been kind of going back and reminiscing of that show and how much I enjoyed it, even though it got canceled. Um, but one of the uh, one of the particular uh, show that really kind of gave me like a good boost when, you know, a lot of changes are on the horizon for me. And that can be very intimidating um, when you just, you know, when you've got to take that plunge and the show that, um, what was that? Um, That's a coffee coffee being ground (laughs) upstairs (laughs) in the kitchen. Very loud. People are, yeah, it is really loud. Sorry about that. okay. (laughs) Delicious coffee being ground um, upstairs. <laughs> Anyways, um, um, we're up sorry. all hours of the night in this household. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but anyways, uh, the show that really kind of gave me uh, a really nice pick-me-up, this was a show that came back out in uh, January of 2018, so this was two years ago uh, now, but it was a show called uh, Place Further Than the Universe. It is an anime. Uh, which is available on Crunchyroll. Um, so if you haven't already watched it, um, I highly recommend doing so. It is a wholesome anime about four girls, four high school girls, um, who are, um, some are in high school, some are not, uh, who basically decide, you know what? Let's go to Antarctica. 
let's yeah. let's take a trip to the place that's further you know that's the farthest place we can get to which is antarctica and the story is of these girls not only finding their way to get on a trip to antarctica because uh trips there are very few and far between um and you have to have a you know special recommendation or like you have to be qualified to go on the trip because when once you're there you got to be able to survive and i've only gotten about halfway through or at least a less than a quarter way through um the girls have not even gotten there they're they're only just now getting on the boat that it's going to take them to antarctica but there's like twofold like fascination of this for me i like the kind of lead up to this trip that the buildup that they've given it in terms of the fact that one of the girls um who's like the the secondary main character she's been the one who's got the desire to go to uh this place like she's been she's worked hard enough that she earned like how much i forget how much many how much yen she had saved but like it was like a ridiculous amount of money like even for like you know japan like in terms of how it's like that was a ridiculous amount of money to go and everyone's like oh she you can't do it just because your mom went you can't go like these are just a high school girl um but the main character who we are initially introduced to she's always wanted to dream she's dreamed of doing something spontaneous like before she moves on to the next phase of her life and it's like you know i i dreamed of doing all these things before i got to high school like i would go on a trip for no reason or something like that or without a plan but then high school started and she never did any of those things. This is kind of like her finding the motivation. It's like, you know what? Opportunities knocking. I'm just going to do it. And it's these two plus two other girls who we are introduced to later in the, as the show progresses, who um, all find their different compass, their different life compasses pointing toward Antarctica. And then the rest of the story is following them as they take the trip there. And once they get there, um, but from what I've seen so far, in terms of how it handles the subject matter, um, it's pretty detailed. And this is coming from someone who's heard tales of trips to Antarctica from her own cousin. Um, my cousin, uh, who actually began, uh, she traveled a lot of the world, um, a lot of her, through her youth, and through college, but I forget what opportunity led her here. She took a job as a, I think, a cook or cleaner in one of these, uh, one of these bases in Antarctica during the winter months. And she was down there for a long time. And, but she did such a great job, you know, she's done such great work there, like multiple years over, like every time she went back, she kept getting moved up positions. And then before we knew it, she was actually helping these really important like you know scientific teams get their equipment ready and all of this like really important stuff for like the researchers when they're getting ready to go out in expeditions and she's doesn't she no longer works directly out of the antarctica anymore she works through like a junction point in greenland but it's it's kind of fascinating kind of getting more information like and then checking back with uh her in terms of how accurate this is and it's pretty damn accurate in terms of like the stuff that you have to know in order to survive and be able to be in Antarctica because it is a very cold and very dangerous place, but it's, it's so fascinating. Uh, but yeah, that's, it, it, I just, it's a very good, like pick me up kind of story. So if you're, what is that called? It's called a place further than the universe. Let me see if I can find the opening real quick so I can send that to you. Cause the animation is done by Madhouse. Uh, oh. Mm -hmm. 
So that was just a place further than universe opening. Let me just pull that up real quick. Really interesting. I, it's so good. I, I like that and uh, keep your hands off Isoken. I like easily like my favorite things to watch right now. So I'll just go ahead and play that for you guys and you can take a look at it and just, it's just so good. A place further than the universe. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a great title. <laughs> this is, a, yeah, it's weird how like anime just, it absolutely has the corner of cozy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like cozy watching? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I just find this interesting because it's it's a slice of life show. Like, I mean, that's it's yeah. a, th a theme that's or a genre in anime that's already been established. Mm -hmm. But they take it in an interesting ways. Like, okay, let's have a slice of life where these characters are going to something that people don't normally do, which is travel to Antarctica. And it's just like, okay, mm -hmm. let's really lean into the slice of life aspect and kind of play on the reality a little bit, but also show like the fantastical nature of just that trip the nature of just going on that kind of trip like that. And I love how the opening just takes all these really cute shots of them. Like it looks like very like up and close, uh, like shots you would take, like if you were on a crazy vacation trip with your friends. Are there many penguins in it? There are penguins. And Good. trust, trust Good, me. I'm in. Trust me. One <laughs> of the characters, the one who's been always petitioning to go to the, like she was the first one petitioning to go to uh, Antarctica. Like she, every time there's like a penguin on screen, she's like, penguins! <laughs> she starts freaking out. That's me. I love, <laughs> I love, I love a penguin. <laughs> so this is, this is a, this is almost like Ponyo chicken noodle soup for me. I love it. Right. But yeah, that's, uh, that's been my holiday other than a few other like small things. Like I, I, I got on the Mandalorian bandwagon with everyone else when Disney yeah, Plus came too. out. Me too. Yeah, rub it in. <laughs> we can't watch it yet. It was awesome. In due time. Everyone in due time. has watched it. <laughs> because yeah, I, I, it's I, stupid for, uh, it's really stupid for Disney to assume that people who are interested aren't going to find it themselves. Mm -mm. I haven't uh, watched it yet though, actually, but. Well, obviously, I, I am going to wait for Disney Plus. Yeah, it, I'd say it's worth the wait. Thing, obviously, it's I cool. do such a thing. Obviously. <laughs> but yeah, like other than those few things, like I, I just love how my family's kind of gone all up and basically it's, it's become a family event to watch Mandalorian. And as a note, a oh. side note, my um my father really super got into the Mandalorian, which was. Something I will say that there is because David Filoni is a huge part of the show. Um, he has peppered in some stuff from the Clone Wars as well as like I think John Favreau. Um, he, he voiced a character in in Clone Wars way back when, so it's like of course he's going to invite people like that back on to do this show. Mm. And so they've peppered in a lot of little tidbits from like Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that. So watching that with my father he would get curious by those because I would have like super surprised reactions like, oh crap, they put this in. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is from such and such and such and such. And he, and now what we're waiting for a second season to come, who knows when, um, he's like, you know, maybe while we're waiting, we can watch this Clone Wars and Rebels. And I'm like, have I got some Star Wars shit for you? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so good. 
but yeah, that's like the fact that that's kind of become a springboard so I can, my dad, he loves watching animated stuff with me, but he's, it's like, it, it's kind of funny to have like, his Star Wars has always been kind of a thing that we share together and now, but he kind of missed out on a lot of the time that we, you know, those shows were airing. So I'm really glad I can kind of retroactively bring him into all this. Yeah, the Mandalorian's great. I mean, it definitely, it, I mean, for a lot of different reasons, it, it, it has the feel of the original uh, uh, Star Wars. Because they rely on practical effects and- yeah. well, And it, also some amazing new technology too, like this combined. Is true. This is true. Yeah, it's a, it's a seamless transition. It's doing mm -hmm. what, what computer generated animation and practical effects it's doing what it always was supposed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty Just, seamless. And yeah. there's puppetry involved. And yes. So yes. cool. So cool. Yeah, I know I'm a, I'm a fan. And Nick, Nolte, <laughs> Nick Nolte's character is my favorite. Oh, my goodness. In the first season. Like, you'll, I, I won't say who, guys, since I know you wanna, <laughs> you're going to get there. But just whenever you get to the cast of who is Nick Nolte, in in mm -hmm. uh in, in the Mandalorian, you'll know who's my favorite character. I yeah. just I just don't think I'm ever gonna get over the fact that um when when a Herzog is in it. Mm, yeah, really. Not does. only that, but like he in interviews like spoke about uh, Baby Yoda as if it was like a real thing. <laughs> Didn't he? He said he said something like. Because the puppet was on set, and they were talking about like enhancing it with CG here and there. Mm -hmm. and he, they have. he said something along the lines of like, "This thing itself is so beautiful, and if you were to do that, you would be cowards." <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, basically, yeah, and I can understand why. No, the puppet itself—the puppet so itself—is absolutely amazing. And whenever, mm -hmm. like, I can because I can physically tell when they do have to enhance it with CG shots. But right. they do that very few and far between. Whenever they have an opportunity to use the puppet, they do. But only very rarely do they have they rely on the computer generating the whole the whole of you know the the, the this particular child. I mean, call it Baby Yoda, but we know that's not its name. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it is the child. It is the child. Right. The child at this point has no name. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's been my holiday, and I'm glad you've all had a chance to enjoy your holidays. And um, we're looking forward to a bright, brand new year of 2020. We don't know. I mean, we've we've uh, got a few articles of what could be coming down the bend. I know, Chris, you've been looking uh, ahead to the future and see what we're uh, expecting for 2020, and what we have so far, it looks pretty promising. Mm -hmm. For yeah, so. We'll have to wait and see what, what happens. But until then, we'll be here. Um, we'll be trying to keep in touch about how uh, the frequency of when podcast, new podcasts will be coming out. Um, we'll be trying to keep everyone uh, in, the, in the know about that. But um, yeah, we're really excited. We'll try to be here as often as we can to talk about what's coming up next and just even just breaking down like even some other stuff. But we'll, we'll see where things go from there. So Thank you very much for joining this today's episode. Let's go around the table and uh, make sure everyone does their social media plugs. Uh, Chris, where can we find you? You can find me at Mr. Chris Dor on Twitter and now also on Instagram. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Instagram train. Um, Yvonne, how about you? I am on Twitter at eisner underscore Inc. 
And also, if uh, also Animation Nights New York, if you want to submit a film to that, please do. We're on Film Freeway and uh, go to animationnights.com. Yes, please. We will make sure to include that link in the show notes, as we always like to do. So, (laughs) want to make sure we can get any of those, anyone who wants to submit a short film, make sure that they have a a free line to make sure that they can get that submitted. That's Um, right. Dan, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hamu. Wonderful. You can find me on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. I'm not on there as often anymore. Um, I don't know why. I'm, I, I am also on, um, I'm on Facebook. I am on, um, I'm also using uh, Tumblr, Pinterest, and of course, Instagram. I will make sure to leave all those links in the show notes. If anyone, if they want to find where I'm at more active, I am more active on, um, at the moment, uh, Tumblr, Instagram, and Pinterest. Pinterest has become my new favorite social media of choice, but that's probably where you'll find all my lists of different various fan art and stuff because I am a nut for really good, well-done art and animation, which you'll find a lot on Pinterest. Um, but anyways, if you want to continue supporting um, you know, AFA, please uh, take a look at our uh, Patreon. As we said, and probably what was going to get cut earlier from this episode, we just had a new patron join us. <laughs> so say welcome to our new patron and any other future patrons uh, who want to come and assist us with uh, supporting the site, as well as not just our website, but also Animation Nights New York. Um, any support we can get for both of the, our organizations would be very much Yay. appreciated. Um, we've refreshed the Patreon list. You have, and Chris has done amazing work on that. He's actually added some new names onto the page, you know, for the different amazing. patron tiers. Yep. Well, you could do. you go over those real quick? Um, yeah, you can become, uh, we've got a new $5 tier where you can get an access, you can get access to the vault, which is a, a bunch of previously unpublished on AFA articles and reviews and stuff um uh most of which have appeared in print or something somewhere else but um mm-hmm. you never see the AFA and most of them you never will uh <laughs> learn what we really think about John Lasseter <laughs> <laughs> that's not in there that's not in there um just that's the other um, vault <laughs> that's the super Sorry, secret vault <laughs> uh, that's then, that's that's in the Chris Perkins Scrooge McDuck money bin right there <laughs> and you can also uh, become a production baby and get your name listed on the website for everyone to see that you're a, a big supporter a big baby a big <laughs> baby but yeah. not a boss baby yes and check check out those yes yeah, Become a patron, support us, or you can also support us uh, by us a virtual coffee, coffee. Yes, virtual play, coffee. Or, yeah, or send us a pay, uh, PayPal donation, or everything appreciated, or just spread the word, and uh, or just like leave us a review on our podcast on our your favorite podcast provider. And Absolutely, yeah. One nice thing I really want to try and stress uh, for our listeners who might be tuning into this episode um, and want to probably try and press another other methods, uh, methods of getting out to you guys is that we would love to hear more feedback from people who I know are listening and uh, just say like, okay, like what episodes have we done in the last, you know, since we, this podcast began? What, what episodes really worked? What did you enjoy about it? Um, any stuff that we could probably cut or just modify? Like we love to hear feedback from you guys to see how we can best improve this podcast to make it a better listening experience for you guys. Because 
what that's what we want to do. We want to make it an enjoyable listen where we talk about, you know, stuff that we love, stuff that you guys love and make sure that it's, you know, easy listening for not just for yourself or even just just the casual listener. Any, any tips, tricks that you might know for a for recording a really good podcast, please let us know. Mm -hmm. We're always looking to learn. But yeah, um, I do believe it. If, if you're just wanted to can just continue enjoying our content, just, I encourage you to stroll over to whatever other articles that we have currently ongoing at animationforadults.com right now, because we will always try to keep up with content. All right, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your day or whatever day of the week that you're catching this episode, and we'll see you in the next episode of the AFA podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I've dated men like you before and you're just not my type Never around during the day, only come out at night Emotionally wounded, dark and brooding all the time Hanging around with clowns, I don't need that in my life I ain't Selena Kyle, I ain't no Vicky Bell I was never into you even when you were Christian Bell I'm more of a Keaton guy myself Oh, I love Timmy's Beetlejuice I'm just not into God but that's what makes us so relatable. I'm just not into guys who can fly. I can fly. The bat wing can fly. Rich boys with gadgets are not my type. What is your type? Kryptonian men on my crib tonight. Gross. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, as you said, uh, network. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Keep going. You're on a roll. Networks. You really want some chocolate milk. Is that it? <laughs> yes. Nesquik. Nesquik with the big winners. God damn it. Now I want some. Um. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Almost 90% of women have cellulite. And guess what? It's not their fault. We don't choose cellulite, but we can choose a different way to treat it. Meet Quo, Collagenase Clostridium Histolyticum, AAES, the first and only FDA-approved prescription injectable for moderate to severe cellulite in the buttocks of adult women. This non-surgical treatment is injected by an aesthetic specialist in 10 minutes or less. Individual results may vary. Do not receive if you are allergic to any collagenase or ingredients in 
quo or have an infection at the treatment site may cause serious side effects, allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis and injection site bruising. Seek medical help right away for any signs of allergic hypersensitivity. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions. If you have a bleeding condition or take medicine that prevents clotting. Most common side effects include bruising, pain, hardness, itching, redness, discoloration, swelling, and warmth at the injection site. Ask your doctor about all possible side effects and for product information. If you're ready to get to the bottom of your cellulite, learn more and find a specialist at Quo.com.